Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. everyone. It is Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And you might remember our last episode, we were doing the history of smartphones and then we stopped before it was over because we talk a lot. A lot. Yeah. But don't worry. Here's part two. We're going to pick up right where we left off in 1998. Next, what happened? 98. We have Scion. Remember who created the organizer? Right. So organizer and organizer too. Scion created a, uh, a spinoff company. It was originally Scion Software, so it was part of Scion. Right. But uh, And Scion, by the way, is spelled with a, a P-P-S-I-O-N, so it's Psyon. So Psyon Software becomes a new company called Symbian Limited. Now, this is important because Symbian Limited produced the Symbian operating system. Mm-hmm. And Symbian op- operating system was one of, in fact, it was the most popular operating system for several years. It dominated yeah. the, the smartphone market because we haven't reached a point yet where smartphones have become a real consumer item. We've got prosumers. Right. But we don't have, like, the average person did not own a smartphone yet. Right. It just it just hadn't reached I mean, the point in, where anyone wanted one. Yeah, it was in, in, expensive. In 1998, uh, did did the average person own a own a cell phone? 98 by 98, you're starting to get into a lot more cell phone use. I didn't have one yet. Let's see, I was out of co- no. I don't, you're tricking <laughs> me into revealing how old I am again. I'd been out of college for a while, but I d- didn't yet own a cell phone. But I knew plenty of people in college who had cell phones at that time. Yes. Now, granted, the most advanced app that most of the cell phones ran was Snake. <laughs> Which, Which is, is awesome, seminal, yeah. very important, yeah, very important. I, I think I think in in 1998 I still had a beeper, so that's yeah, pager. That, nice. I, I found nice. that the other day. I was moving recently, and I feel like I should open a museum. It's terrific. Um, but so uh, many jokes. <laughs> 99, we get into a, a a big company, a big name in smartphones. Although they've definitely in recent years been hitting some real hard times. Research in motion. Research in Motion. Which is known as REM, which produces... The BlackBerry. Yeah. Now that's... Yeah. And you did a gangsta sign with BlackBerry, (laughs) which I appreciate because, man, BlackBerry was the name in smartphones all the way from when they introduced their first one up until a certain Apple company called Apple (laughs) developed theirs. But yes, uh, in this year, they, they actually released their BlackBerry email device, which did not have a, a radio transmitter in it. It didn't have a, a, a phone transmitter right, in it. Right, right. By, by, by this year, by this year, uh, Jonathan means 1999. Thank you. Because that is where he's living right now, apparently. Well, it's, I, you know, it's, some of us just have arrested <laughs> development. Mine is very specific. Summer of 1999. I could tell you about that summer. I'd be making it all up because I have no memory of it. But, so, yeah, 99. That's when, that's when Research in Motion introduces the BlackBerry email device. And yeah, not a phone, but it was uh, the first real product from that company that would later become almost synonymous with the term smartphone. Right, and uh, nearly simultaneously, Palm was on the scene and uh, uh, releasing releasing, and 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 they they released a PDA that year that did have wireless capacity. Yeah, it had the the Palm Seven had wireless capabilities. It still didn't have a phone in it because uh, well, 
back back in the early days of PDAs, they were all self-contained devices. Right, right. You didn't necessarily hook it into some sort of network. Unless you wanted to connect it to a computer and use your fancy 14.4 modem right. to connect to the internet. Yeah, and then 40 minutes later, you get whatever <laughs> data you wanted. But yeah, uh, th- this was sort of that next step. So again, this, this is the building blocks for future self uh, smartphones, rather. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's both, both sides of the industry, the PDA industry and the phone industry, were developing to a point, but yes. Yeah. Nothing had, had really successfully brought the two together yet. Right. Um, until Ericsson came back um, with the research they had done from that um, uh, uh, Penelope from the Penelope. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, came out with the R380. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the first consumer phone. The first on the market that was called a smartphone. Wow. So yeah, there you go. The very first smartphone, if you want to use that particular definition, would be the R380. If you want to be, if you want to be much more um, uh, particular, as my co-host has been, which is awesome, because <laughs> she she caught it and I didn't, then you would go with the Penelope, the GS88 uh, from two years before. But yeah, this was the one that was available in quantities greater than 200 units. <laughs> Useful for uh, for for selling them, yes. for example, if you want to do that crazy thing, right? If you want to build a business, I'm <laughs> and it was a apparently it was a flip phone, and it used. Remember, I mentioned the Symbian operating system. Mm-hmm. That's what it used. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we also have another big name in what used to what used to be a big name in the smartphone industry, and it's hoping to become a big name again or to reestablish itself. It's Nokia. Nokia. Yeah, which uh, I always hear is Nokia. But uh, apparently, the pr- correct pronunciation is closer to either Nokia or Nokia. Nokia. I'm it's, completely ignorant about this. It, it is a it, it is a Japanese company, isn't no, it? it is no, it is not. It is Scandinavian. Scandinavian. It's a Scandinavian. Yes. So when you uh, whenever you use a, a Nokia phone, a Viking gets his horns. <laughs> more more reason to switch away from the iPhone. I'm not. I I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, it's look. I can't. I can't pass judgment on facts. It's just a fact I made up. Jonathan, I think I think you can pass judgment on facts. Fair enough. So Nokia introduces the 9210 Communicator, which uh, had the very first full-color screen for a cell phone. Yeah, before that, we only got half colors, and it was terrible. Fifty percent, right, right down the middle. Well, no, you would get things like you would get like things like, "Wow, this picture is in beautiful colors of blue and re." (laughs) But all of all of this was going on in the year two thousand. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, then then by by two thousand one, Microsoft decided to finally join the party. Yeah, it starts to create some uh, personal digital assistants with cell phone functionality. So Microsoft is actually starting to build smartphones, not necessarily calling them that. Um, the very first First one uh, was using a pocket PC uh, operating system, which was this gets confusing. When Microsoft had quite a few operating systems kind of developing in different uh, formats at this point, sure. Pocket PC was one of those, and that was what was going into these early PDAs. But we'll get more into the confusing Microsoft <laughs> operating system thing in a, in a couple of years, uh, especially when we get into more of the modern-day mobile stuff. I say modern-day. We're talking 2001. <laughs> Lauren, do you remember 2001 back when uh, dinosaurs ruled the smartphone landscape? It was so long ago. When did Jurassic Park come out? Maybe it did, actually. Maybe they did rule. I think that was back in, back in early, early 94, 96, yeah. something like so, that. So Jurassic Park was just ruling the home theater market yes at that point not okay but yeah 2001 uh, that's the pocket pc starts 
hitting the market. So we start seeing Microsoft branded cell phones. Well, at least the the operating system is Microsoft branded. The cell phones themselves were, were. branded by other companies, and mm-hmm. they first started to work with HTC. There you go. And he, like I said, uh, obviously my ignorance of the company was all due to me and not due to them because the first Microsoft smartphones were built by HTC. That's kind of cool. Well, I think for a long time too, was wasn't there um, a little bit of a reluctance almost on the on the manufacturers' parts? To, like they kind of wanted to brand up with whoever yeah, they had joined with. To it's, do. it's actually been a really, I mean, that's been a tough story throughout the history of smartphones as well. I didn't really touch on that when I was researching, but it is true that we've got a lot of manufacturers that have kind of sided with one, like they they've they've put their their stock into a particular OS. Right. So you've got some companies that are known for producing smartphones that only run a certain operating system like Android or Symbian or uh, Windows Phone, as we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, you have Apple that just makes, you know, they've got control of the whole thing. Sure, they're vertical, so they've got, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting landscape. And there are a few, there's still a few companies out there that are trying to play the field and make sure that they are covering all the bases by producing hardware that can run one operating system, but they produce another model that runs a different operating system. Sure. So they try not to limit themselves. It's a complicated issue. Uh, Thank goodness we're doing a podcast about it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So we get up to uh, 2002. Yeah. In in 2002. This is where where the the really exciting part of the super sad story takes place. (laughs) That's you clearly have more emotions about this than I do. Well, I <laughs> I was there to see the end of it. Ah, uh, uh, and yeah, yeah. This this was a uh, this was Palm uh, Palm introducing the trio. Uh, yeah. Eight hundred and two seventy. Yeah. One eighty. One one one. Uh, yeah. Thank that's you. that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Reading. You know, there's a lot of them in this. <laughs> But yeah, no, the trio comes out, and that's that's Palm's entry into the smartphone market. This is the actual PDA with the cell phone built in. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, made made the phone calls. Yep, and did the PDA stuff. Yep, yep. The the um, very first trio had did not have a cell phone in it. No, it was the the very very first model of trio didn't. But after that, uh, they went with the cell phone, and from that point forward, trio and smartphone were. For a very particular population, synonymous. I mean, if, right. you, were, if you said, "Oh, I, I'll call, I'll use my smartphone," they were talking about a trio. Uh, for uh, it just was one of those things where it was kind of like how iPhone users can be really passionate about their product. Sure, uh, that's what sort that of this, happens. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this whole fanboy thing, but you will be. <laughs> I've, I've never, you I've never. Will be. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, the trio fans back in the day were kind of like iPhone fans are today. They were, and I mean, I, like I said, I still know people who will wax poetic about their trios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rafe Needleman of, uh, formerly of CNET, and now I think with Evernote, uh, he, I've heard him on multiple occasions talk about how much he loved that device. So yeah, and then uh, uh, Nokia introduced the 7650. Which snappy name? I have a problem with some cell phone manufacturers who just use model just numbers. Just use model numbers. Yes, yeah, too hard to talk about when you're doing a podcast. <laughs> they're, they're really not. Although not nearly as goofy as having to say "Snow Leopard" eighty times yeah, into a microphone. There are well, or or Android cupcake donut eclair froyo gingerbread honeycomb ice cream sandwich. 
It's a jelly it's, bean. It's an ice cream sandwich that I really think I really take a little bit personally. I'm like, really, guys? I yeah. I, I start feeling like I'm I'm ordering something at yeah. IHOP instead of. It's the left side of the menu instead yeah. of a operating system. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Nokia Nokia's uh, seven six five zero was the first smartphone using the Symbian operating system, and uh, so now we're starting to see Symbian really take take hold of the smartphone market, especially with Nokia. And Nokia was a big, big name, particularly outside the United States. Right. Um, and a lot a lot of this breaking ground was happening in uh, in Europe, actually. I think yep. that most of Europe had smartphones, or, or more more of the people who would have had smartphones had them in Europe before they yep. ever had them in the States. Europe and Japan. They were, uh, smartphones were, were present in Europe and Japan well before they started to become more well-known in the U.S. But yes, uh, that's absolutely true. In the United States, we were trailing quite a, quite a ways behind. Most of us were still on our featureless cell phones. Yeah, not not, e- not even feature phones at the time. Yeah, yeah. The, they, the feature they had was, again, they, they can make calls and play they snake. They calls. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to send a text. Uh, that was also nice. Yeah, yeah. SMS was starting to, was starting to come on. Yep. Onto the scene. Yep. Around that era. Yep. Yep. Uh, as as all of the the network generations started moving up, yep. uh, and uh, yeah, and then and then BlackBerry came back in two thousand three to release its first smartphone. Right, and that was that was the the phone that captured corporate America's imagination. Uh, <laughs> the the smartphone at that point in America anyway was mostly thought of as either something that was an early adopter toy, right, or you were an executive with a company, sure, because you needed to have access to your email. While you were in the bathroom of some other facility, <laughs> right? Because right. I, I've heard that clicking. People don't Be- think I haven't heard it. <laughs> because your your and your own bathroom had a phone in it, so you wouldn't need that. But, <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> phone, television. But, but we're we're getting we're getting off topic. Shadow Back. puppets. <laughs> Uh, also, also in 2003, Android was founded. Yeah. Um, kind of mysteriously. No one really knew what was going on with them then. I, I imagine the people at Android probably did. But when I was doing research for this, I really did come across when Google purchased Android, which would be in a couple of years. Um, a couple of years. 2005. That's when Google buys Android Incorporated. A little couple. Yes. Even at that time, no one was really... The information I saw, no one was really sure what Android was. They're like, well, Google bought this company called Android Incorporated. We have no idea what that's all about. But obviously, this was Google laying the groundwork for its future entry into the smartphone market. So the the seeds are sown at least if, if no uh, no uh, later than 2005, possibly earlier, because you have no idea how long the people at Google were working on this on their own before they said, let's just buy someone who does this. Yeah. <laughs> which is what a lot of big companies do. Aww. Moving up to 2006, we get to a point where, um, okay, so this, this, this kind of shows us what smartphones were doing in the market. All right. right. So we're still talking, 2006, we're still talking pre-iPhone. Sure. Uh, and at this time, the average American consumer who was in the market for a mobile phone was really not considering smartphones that much. And, and the numbers reflect that smartphones accounted for about 10% of all sales. Wow. So this was one of those markets where I think even I at the time was like, if I were an executive or if I had more money than brains, then I would buy one of these. I just can't see the need for right. one. It was a, a, a professional and a hobbyist kind of thing yeah, still, as, as the, the price point had not quite come down yet. And, you know, 
that also has to do with just the the, the pace of pace of technology and yeah. Moore's law and all that kind of stuff. Right, sure. And the feature sets were very interesting for early adopters, but not so practical for the average user. So no one had really cracked that, finding a way to introduce a smartphone that appeals to the general consumer. And in fact, at that time, I think no one, there was no way anyone was ever going to come up with that. It was just impossible. It would be, it would be decades before we would see a smartphone in the hands of Joe America. <laughs> Until in 2007, a year later, a year later, when Steve Jobs said, hey, I've got something and I know you're going to love it. It's simply magical. It just works. It's beautiful. And we're calling it the iPhone. Uh, Yeah, Steve Jobs. I mean, he took the stage and he showed off that first uh, that first iPhone presentation. I don't know. You've probably never seen this. I actually went back and watched the video years, like a couple years ago when I was writing an article about iPhones. Uh-huh. And I was just curious. I was like, I wonder what the audience reaction was to the iPhone when they first announced it. Because Did they, I, I mean, was it, was it, was it wild cheers or was it more of a qua? No, it was the wild cheers. People went bonkers because they saw that design and that design it is undeniable. The iPhone is a gorgeous device. Oh, of course. Well, most everything that Apple does is with that, with that first iMac kind of thing is yeah. an exception, but. Yeah, they, well, once they get Johnny Ive, you know, once they got Sir Johnny Ive, pardon me, <laughs> once they got Sir Johnny Ive on, on, on the, the payroll and he started to help design their products, he really brought a new aesthetic to Apple products across the line, but particularly when you get to their mobile devices, they are sleek, they're beautiful, it is not an exaggeration to call them sexy. No. You, know, you look at that and you're like, I want to hold that. It's not just that it's functional. It just looks great. It looks great. You want to you, you wanna, you wanna poke it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> Backing off from that one. So moving on. <laughs> so many jokes. Uh, the, but yes, yes, it, it was – and it did very well. It uh, – it, Got consumers interested in it. When it first launched, it launched at a higher price point. It was, I think, around $600, something like that. I don't have the figure in my notes. I just remember it being higher. And I remember that a few months later, they had negotiated with AT&T to have a reduced rate if you signed a contract. Because I remember all the people who bought it when it first came out. Going, hey. Oh, boy, did they go ape. Yeah, yeah. Six six hundred is the number that I wrote that wrote yeah. down. So you're you're Wow, vague. my memory actually works, guys. That's phenomenal. <laughs> um but yeah, uh so they they launched the the iPhone. Within six months, uh Apple starts to allow third party developers to create apps on the iPhone platform. Yeah, that's right. Because there, there was a little bit, there was a little bit of angst at first that the iPhone wasn't really going to be a smartphone because you weren't going to have the functionality to change it to to. Right, you would you'd be limited to whatever Apple made. Right. Which you know they had had sort of the similar problem with their computer lines sure. in the past too. The idea of this closed system because. Jobs wanted to deliver a very specific experience to users, and part of that meant being very controlling about what can and cannot be allowed on that device. Right. Uh, but within six months, they opened it up so that third-party developers could develop apps. They had to submit them to Apple, and they had to be approved before they could go in the Apple Store. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it really opened up the doors, and it was just the the game was indeed afoot in the smartphone market. I mean, consumers <laughs> went bonkers. Uh huh. Um, and so at, at this point, oh well, there's there's another player in the smartphone uh, market that wasn't too impressed with the iPhone when it first came out. Could could that be 
Could that be Microsoft? Uh, yeah, there was a certain man by the name of Steve Ballmer who, in between eating interns, <laughs> turned and looked and said, <clears throat> iPhone, too expensive. Uh, he actually really did say it was like the most expensive. It was just a really expensive smartphone. Is pretty much, he kind of dismissed it. Uh-huh. And at the time, uh, Windows Mobile, which was the operating system for smartphones running the Microsoft operating system at that time, uh, accounted for around 18% of the market share of the smartphone market. So mm-hmm. Windows Mobile's in a really good place already. I mean, there were a lot of other players out there. The Symbian was probably the, that was the dominant player at that time. BlackBerry also a very powerful player at that time. This is pre-Android. So, uh, iPhone comes out, Balmer's like, huh, it's really expensive. No one's going to buy it. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. We're that's, good. That's not going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, turned out he was maybe a little premature with that. <laughs> because only a year later, yeah. um, uh, iPhone had about about 13% of the market share. Right, thirteen from 0 to 13%. Now, keep in mind, Windows Mobile had been at 18% and had been an established operating system in the smartphone market. Mm-hmm. So within just one year, not even a full year, within, <laughs> within about half a year, iPhone was already making a huge dent in a place where it had never really had a presence before. Also keep in mind that the iPhone was not globally available right away. It right. was introduced into various markets over time. Uh, it had a much wider uh, launch than a lot of other technologies have had in the in the both in the past and more recently. But it still was not global right out of the gate. Um, and that was the same 2008. That's the year when uh, Nokia ended up buying Symbian. Ah. So Nokia and Symbian uh, had already had a relationship uh-huh. because. You know, Symbian was on that first uh, smartphone that Nokia produced. Sure, but now, but then perhaps as a as a little bit of a response to uh, to Apple getting into the game and having this very vertical structure, they maybe said, "Hey, hmm. yeah, let's hmm. let's square up. Let's let's uh let's let's batten down the hatches. Yeah, let's and... make some more mixed metaphors." That's <laughs> what they said. <laughs> that was that was also the year um, that that Google uh, uh, introduced Android. That was like uh, I think it was <laughs> or it was in the fall. Uh, the fall of that year, and it wasn't until the following, as you pointed out, Lauren, it wasn't until the following winter that I purchased my cell phone. I almost had it by 2008, but it was actually 2009 when I got mine. Well, um, according to my to my uh, extensive stalking research, it wasn't until you went to CES that, that wow, year. Wow! Holy <laughs> crap! You remember more about me than I do, Lauren. Uh, yeah, when it was yes, yes, that's true. Um, John, Jonathan and Chris did, a, did an episode about smartphones that in preparation for recording this, I, I, I went and listened to. So so this this was last night for me. This was 2009 for yeah, everybody else I, involved. I actually haven't listened to that episode, so now I'm wondering what else I said. Uh, yeah, HTC G1 was the very first cell phone in the United States market that had Android. And it had different names and different – like in Europe, it had a different name. and mm-hmm. uh, But in the United States, it was the HTC G1, and that, in fact, was the smartphone that I purchased. And I liked it because – because it had a slide-out QWERTY keyboard, a physical keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer ha- – well, I mean, I still own the HTC G1. I don't use it. Uh-huh. I have the HTC G2 now, which also has a slide-out keyboard, <laughs> because I'm a dude who doesn't like change, and I will use things until they fall apart. <laughs> well, also also at the time, uh, touch screens were not, were not quite so much – I mean, they were becoming a thing, clearly, with the yeah. iPhone. But, yeah. um, but, but the iPhone was really the first major player to, to – Yeah, I mean, there were, uh, there were other – 
phones out there that had touchscreen capability, uh, like uh, some of Palm stuff had some touchscreen. But uh, but really, the capacitive touchscreen iPhone was the the company that really really pushed it, and, right. and and not only just pushed it, but introduced things like multi-touch in a yes. form factor that people weren't used to. Uh, multi-touch was pretty new at that time. I mean, it had been mm-hmm. in the prototype stage for years before. Sure. But it was new to the consumer. And and not only that, but they designed the features around the touch sensitivity, right. which was, you know, it was all built together. Right. Uh, so these other models that we're looking at, one of the problems they have is you don't have that vertical alignment like you do with Apple, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are making, if you, Lauren, are Me, making, personally, you personally, yes. you are personally making the hardware. So you're going like, out. Like I do. Yeah. So you go to your, you know, your, your, your blacksmithery <laughs> and you put on the big apron and you, you, you hammer out an iron cell phone for me because apparently I'm in Game of Thrones now and I, <laughs> winter is coming and I need to call my family. But you're, you're just making the hardware. That's all you're doing. Right. Okay. Someone else over there, they're making the operating system probably out of ravens because those move at the speed of light in the Game of Thrones series. This is getting off on a rant, but seriously, how fast do those things fly? Anyway, so your raven-powered, raven operating system-powered smartphone, raven was made by this other company. Let's call them the Lannisters. And you have made your uh, your cell phone out of my, iron. My iron, my iron cell phone. Iron and blood and tears. Yes. And you put the two together. And then someone else is actually making the apps that run on that operating system. You're talking about all these different groups coming together to form something because they haven't necessarily been working tightly together the entire time. It may not be the most uh, smooth experience to use it. Sure. Whereas Apple says, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're making the device, we're making the operating system, and for the first six months, we're making all the apps. So everything is made to work together with this touchscreen interface, and it works so well that that pretty much defined the standard from that point forward. Right. Yeah, but on those early days, I mean, touchscreens could be, well, it was a little... Touch and go. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Ballette right there, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, let's go up to 2009. So, yeah. oh man. All right, so here's the, the next chapter in the sad story. <laughs> Again, the emotions, these crazy palm emotions. Yeah, I never even owned a palm device, but I just feel badly for them. <laughs> that was when they introduced WebOS. I was there. It was CES 2009, so January uh, 2009. They introduced WebOS on a smartphone called the Palm Pre, and this was a dramatic departure from the previous Palm OS that they had developed. That was the thing that people were very excited about that year. It was the buzz term. I mean, everyone I ran into, that was one. Like, if you ask people, like, so what at the show have you seen that really impressed you? This was one of three things that people mm-hmm. would say over and over again, like, oh, well, have you seen the Palm Pre running WebOS? Because it was, again, a, a touch-based uh, operating system for a smartphone. It it had, it looked, I won't say it looked like the iPhone because it had a very different look and feel to it, sure. but you could tell that, it, again, it was designed for that form factor. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just very impressive. And everyone's like, this is the thing that's going to bring Palm back as a major player. Because since the, the PDA days, since uh, 2007 when the iPhone came out, uh, Palm had really been kind of lagging behind. Their Palm OS was starting to look a little dated. BlackBerry was having similar issues with their, their operating system on their phones. Uh, everyone was feeling the pressure because iPhone had made such a big impression. Right. So WebOS was like the answer. And everyone thought, this is amazing. There's one tiny problem. 
the phone was not going to come to market until six months after they showed it off at CES. Ooh, that's even even in that time before before social media had shortened our attention spans. That was that was still was, a very long time. It was too long. Yeah, it was too long. They 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 generated a ton of buzz and goodwill at the show. But it all kind of faded away by the time the phones actually came to market. And then pe- by then, people just weren't as impressed. And so it, it ended up not doing really well. They tried a couple times. They, they introduced other phones further down the line, like the, uh, the Palm Pixie. But mm-hmm. those also failed to really make a, a dent. And within 31 months of them introducing the, the WebOS, the thing mm-hmm. that everyone thought was amazing – Within 31 months, so just over a year, Palm ceased to exist as its own thing oh. and was purchased by another company, little bitty company called Hewitt Packard. Yeah, no one, no one big. But yeah, that year, uh, it was it was it was a big year. Yeah, it was a huge year. Actually, I mean, Angry Birds came out. Okay, we joke about it, but Angry Birds, seriously, I don't know that any other app has done as much to sell smartphones. It's huge. It's huge. And I mean, in that in that really important, and I and I, I say this partially jokingly, but in that really important five-year-old set, it's enormous. I and mean, by five-year-old, you mean the guy in the stall next to me? I'm like, what has that guy been eating? Those are the weirdest noises. <laughs> Because it wasn't, it was. It would take a while before uh, Angry Birds would come out for Android, and so for the longest time, I had no idea what that was until I sure. played it, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So it wasn't some sort of gastronomic disaster. It was just the, just they were playing a smartphone game on, which is just ew, ew, yeah. Either way, never sanitation people. Yeah, um. I'm not naming names or anything. <laughs> So th- this uh, let's talk a little bit about the market share in 2009 too, because th- things had been kind of changing a bit. Um, we had BlackBerry was doing well, with about 20 percent of the market. Uh, Symbian still dominating. They were rocking it out at 49 percent. Yeah. yeah, they're doing really well. Or 44 percent. 44 percent. Yeah. So uh, the iPhone's still doing well, but um, but at, right now you you would if you were looking at the numbers you'd say okay BlackBerry's Got a comfortable spot. Corporate America still loves their Blackberries, right. so they're doing well. Symbian's still on lots and lots of phones, particularly Nokia phones. Right. So it's doing really well. Uh, you would think, uh, based on that, you would think, okay, these these companies are in good shape. There's no immediate danger. Right. Also, just to put things in perspective, I believe in 2009, um, 72% of cell phone sales were still feature phones. Yeah. So so yes. I mean so so this was all I mean this was all big stuff and and there were big numbers being tossed around but it was not the average human person perhaps had not bought into Right. You, if if you were not someone who owned a smartphone in 2009 uh then you know you you might know like that that techie friend of yours who just <laughs> tends to get hold of everything as soon as it comes out. As soon as like, it comes out, it's you know, new. Gotta have it. Then you then you saw a smartphone, you got to play with it. You think, oh, that's kind of cool, but I'm all right right now. And it'd probably be another year or two before you felt the right. undeniable urge to join the throng and get yourself a <laughs> smartphone. Right. However, uh, uh, I think it was also the year that mobile broadband exceeded voice call traffic. Wow. Yeah. No Which, turning back then. No. That's it. No. So so even even if it was a relatively small percentage of the market share, that's I mean this this might also just be indicative of GeoCities. Um and, <laughs> but um <laughs> Rest in peace. No longer will you be under construction. <laughs> so so in two thousand ten, um uh stuff. What happened in two thousand ten? Kaspers- Kaspersky Lab finds the first Trojan virus for Android operating system. So, you know, that's bad news for the smartphone world, but it also means in a way you growed up. You, 
you're, you're big enough to hack. You're big enough, yeah, big enough to hack and have horrible things happen to you. So again, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the terminology, Trojan, a uh, Trojan virus is essentially a type of virus that looks like a normal, regular kind of software, but inside it, it's hiding malware. So right. it's like a Trojan horse in that sense. Right. Except instead of a bunch of warriors sitting in a wooden horse, you have some malware sitting in some code. Right. But it's designed to look like something else. Like usually a game or some other kind of app, and then you execute it. And, then and it goes, ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah. Except so, more malicious probably than right. ha-ha. It could be anything from making your phone's uh, hard drive fill up and be useless mm-hmm. to – uh, creating a backdoor entry to your operating system so that some remote hacker can mess with stuff. Right. It all depends on the nature of the malware inside the Trojan. Sorry. Uh, yes, yes. That, that was also the year that uh, that Microsoft introduced the Windows Phone 7. Yeah, Windows Phone 7, which was, you would think, oh, that must have followed Windows Phone 6. No, no, no. no. It followed Windows Mobile 6.5, I think, something like that. But anyway. Microsoft is, is good at many things. Counting, maybe not so much. Right, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, Windows 8 is technically Windows version 6.2. Uh, I stopped asking questions a very long time ago. Well, anyway, Windows Phone 7, they decided they were totally rebranding uh, their mobile operating system, and they also wanted to really uh, give it a, a real overhaul. Because at this point, it was undeniable. The iPhone was a power player in the smartphone industry. And Microsoft could not really compete continuing with the Windows Mobile platform uh, so they decided to try and look at it in a new way, and they came up with Windows Phone, so specifically Windows Phone 7. Um, they radically changed the operating system so that it had a much more uh, touch-friendly look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they also introduced things that would later be incorporated into Windows 8, things like live tiles, oh. which is where uh, you have your icon for whatever your mm-hmm. application is. Uh, if your application has notifications in it, for example, let's say it's a oh. Twitter right, application, sure. then those notifications could come through and be shown on the tile itself. On the itself. tile itself, yeah. on your screen. Without having to open up the application. So you, at a glance, you get to see what's going on. And then you can, of course, open up applications to dive further into whatever it happens to be. Right, right. Um, and and uh, uh, there were, what, 10 devices? That yeah, they- 10 launch devices. So, again, a different strategy from Apple. Instead of putting it all on a single model that might have a couple different variations depending upon, like, oh, this one's also uh, 32 gigabytes, this one's 64 gigabytes, Microsoft's approach was instead to partner with several different companies and launch multiple handsets. That way, uh, in theory, there would be at least one handset out there that was right for you. That was needs. right for you, correct. Yeah. A more of a scattershot approach than a, no, really, you're going to like this thing, right, I promise. Right. Ap- yeah, Apple's approach is, is uh, this is what we make and you will love it. Whereas Microsoft's approach is, we have partnered with all these people and surely one of them has made something you love. <laughs> and honestly, I I mean, from a, from a consumer perspective, I... Just this is my own opinion. I prefer the Microsoft approach, which is sure. also Google's approach. Right. I prefer that approach because it gives me more options. Right. There's there's more options. It's a little bit more hands on. Um, you usually get to customize your content yeah. and your experience. More. Right. A little bit more. And uh, or the downside of that is that each manufacturer can put its own spin on the operating system. So sure. you could have like Lauren, if you bought a, a Google Android phone and I bought a Google Android phone and we're both running the same version of the operating system, right. they could still be radically different experiences because the handset manufacturer that you buy from might put its own 
skin over Android, and mine might do the same. So then we're like, well, this is weird. We both are using the same operating system, but it totally looks different. It looks different. completely different. It works completely different. Apple doesn't have that problem. So mm-hmm. there, there are advantages and disadvantages to both approaches. Sure. Um, and uh, at, at the time, uh, in within that year from 2009, uh, smartphones made up 50% of all phone sales. Yeah, gosh. So that's a huge jump. Up to half, you know, if you have two people walking into a phone company, uh, phone uh, uh, retail outlet, one's walking out with a cell phone and the other one's walking out with a smartphone and a big smile on their face <laughs> and a lighter wallet. <laughs> and that's also the year when uh, HP actually bought Palm. So this is the point so where... So that was the official death. Yeah, of- where Palm, Palm is no more. It is um, absorbed within HP, uh, which continued to support WebOS, is now moving it toward an open source model. Uh, but yeah, WebOS has kind of languished since then as well. Yeah, yeah. They tried. They tried to launch with that tablet that they ended up putting for like a super cheap price, and I wanted one so badly. But by the <laughs> time I even found out about it, they had sold out. Oh my goodness! They they put it up on the web and said I think it was like a hundred bucks for this. Right, I remember WebOS that. tablet. And I'm like, for a hundred dollars, how could I not get it? And I'll it, take seven. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get it because they were gone. Because so many people took seven. Yes, so I wasn't paying attention to Twitter. That's the lesson you should take home today, kids. Always pay attention to Twitter all the time, live, every time. Live on Twitter. Yes. So 2010 was also um, the App Store, both the Apple App Store and Android App Store had been growing by leaps and bounds, absolutely. And uh, there were 220,000 apps in the Apple App Store and, and only 70,000 in the uh, – only, only 70,000 in the Android Store. Yeah, and the Apple the Apple smartphone was so attractive that all the developers wanted – like, you know, this is the sexy device. You want to have your app on that. Right. So if, if you had to choose one of the two, a lot of developers chose Apple. Sure. Um, even though Android appeared on more handset devices. But then that also – Android had some other issues, things like not all the manufacturers would use the latest version of the operating system. So yeah, there were there were three or four different versions of Android out at that time that were a, being passed around. It was and, a really fragmented experience. Sure. You know, again with the 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 various skins, the various versions, it it made it more challenging to create an app that could work across all of the Android sy- uh, devices that were out there at that time just because you you know, the different versions of the operating system alone made it difficult. Right? Yeah, then then in 2011, yeah, well, that's a big change. Okay, so you've got Nokia Yes. And you remember they bought Symbian. They had bought Symbian. It was a big to do. That was that they were throwing the, they were throwing their weight behind Symbian. 2011, big change. Nokia announces it will use Windows Phone as the platform for future smartphones. So, just a couple of years after they had bought, in fact, three years after they had bought Symbian, they they said, "All right, we're throwing in with Microsoft, and Microsoft and Nokia are going to start making Windows Phone uh, devices." Right. Uh, big change. I mean, politically in that landscape, that was a huge thing. Uh, and also we start seeing some major changes in the market share around this time, too. Uh, Android was up to uh, 30, 36%, almost 37. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. But again, Android's on a lot of different hand, handset devices. So it's not, you know, you don't have the one Android phone. So that it had that advantage. But yes, to go from a tiny little like single digit percentage to 36.6%. That was enormous. And and actually by July of that year 43%. Yeah, and then by November more than 50%. So even within 2011 you just see those numbers just go up and that again is reflective of the fact that Android just kept on coming out on more and more phones. Yeah. That's the other thing is that if you say you want to go out and buy an Android phone, you've got a lot of choices. And 3 months from now, there'll be totally different choices. Right. Whereas if you want an iPhone, you're going to have one choice for 
well, six to twelve months. Yeah, yeah. You can you can still buy a three G, but well, you could. I don't, I don't know why you the, would, unless you wanted to have an iPod like I do. It might my, be cheaper. My at that iPhone point. four, iPod. <laughs> Two thousand twelve. Uh, a different sad story. So. Rim was this kind of weird company in that it had two CEOs, had co-CEOs. Okay. And they they kind of had – I mean they had a really rocky year over – well, a couple of years, 2010 and 2011. They released a tablet called the Playbook that didn't do very well. That okay. was That was a big black eye for the company. And their numbers were starting to go down. In fact, a lot of corporations were starting to shift to the iPhone right. as their device or even Android. And so they were starting to see their market share take a hit. So the co-CEOs resigned in the beginning of 2012. Both of them, ouch. Yeah, they're both out. Uh, and then we had a new operating system get uh, introduced in 2012. Right, the uh, the Microsoft put out there, um, uh, Windows Phone 8. Yep, which uh, was a, a, a big evolution of Windows Phone 7. And Windows Phone 8 and Windows 8, if you look at the two, you definitely see the similarities. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of... Uh, there's there's a lot of synergy there, if I can use that word. Um, you can. That Microsoft is they're trying to create a very uh, even experience across all platforms, so that when you are using a Microsoft product, it's very much familiar, no matter if it's on a phone, a tablet, or a computer. Right. It's a great great strategy if they can just if they can get it to work if they can push <laughs> it out there. I mean, it's really dependent on the market now, of course, uh, as well as you know the support that they give all the developers, right? Which are very important, as Steve Ballmer will tell you repeatedly. <laughs> developers, developers, developers. <laughs> Um, so, so the the current um, operating system breakdown, uh, Android, a little bit of a dark horse from from forty three percent in two thousand eleven is up to seventy five percent of the market share this yeah, year. Yeah, crazy seventy five. And and you would never think that based on a lot of the discussions because there's a lot of talk about how Apple sells so many millions of iPhones. Sure. And it's true they sell a lot of iPhones. It's just that there are so many different Android devices out there. Right. So, a- Apple's share of the smartphone market is. Fifteen percent. Wow. I mean, don't cry for Apple. They're doing they're doing really well, but Android definitely has. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Android is just dominating. dominating. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to cry for anyone, cry for BlackBerry yeah. because they are down at four percent. Yeah, four percent, man. That's crazy. It's it's that it's that sexy factor that we talked about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and they and they knew it. They tried. You know, they keep the the current promise from BlackBerry is always that the next operating system is really going to change things, and it may very well do that. We've seen companies turn around. You know, on 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 uh, things you you might say, well, this is the doom of this company. They are not coming back. And then, yeah. like the next year, you're like, like, whoa, I was so wrong. I mean, we did that with Apple. <laughs> right. We thought Apple was done for. Yeah. And then, boy, did they come back. They, a little bit. Yeah. And, and there's some rumors now. Yeah, I keep hearing I keep hearing that that Microsoft is 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 wooing Nokia. There's uh yeah, most this is mostly based on uh, a couple of analysts who have looked out and said, well, Microsoft and Nokia have this um this relationship together. They've been working together to build Windows phone devices. It makes sense for Microsoft to make this move. This would make Microsoft more like uh, Apple, in a sense, because they would own a manufacturer as well as the operating system. Now, Google, of course, they went and acquired Motorola Mobility right. a few years ago, so they're also there. Although Google still, their stance is they're pr- producing this operating system for any handset manufacturer to use. Right. Uh, so we don't know necessarily that this would become an exclusive relationship, even if it happens. And there are plenty of analysts out there who 
seriously doubt that this will become a thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of where that brings us up to today. Uh, We will surely see the smartphone continue to evolve. Uh, into various form factors. We might be wearing them as glasses if Google has its way. Uh, so yeah, I, it's kind of exciting. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens next. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how these numbers play out and whether Android maintains this dominant place in the market and yet is viewed as a also ran behind Apple, which is weird, but it's true. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's strange. It's marketing. It's yeah. That. They're so good. They're so good. Well, I think that wraps up this whole huge timeline. Our our producer, Tyler, wants to go and eat. So we're going to wrap this up. Guys, thank you so much. If you have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, I highly recommend you get in touch with us. Send us an email. Our address is techstuffatdiscovery.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuffhsw. And Lauren and I will talk to you again really soon. Yep. Thank you, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.